0: This is Two Babes Talk Supply Chain, where we interview the top supply chain professionals in the industry. You will learn about best practices, changes in the industry, and hot topics in supply chain. We answer all your questions and put the sexy into your supply chain. We are your hosts, Sarah and Nick.
1: It is not bad, Sarah. It's been a crazy month, though. Good. It must good. have been about four or five full moons, because like work <laughs> here has been crazy. I had some crazy issues and stuff. We got a crazy forest fire out west in Canada.
0: Yeah, like, I know. I've been big, hearing about big, this.
1: big forest fire. Actually, I know a few people that actually took some people in in Edmonton. Really? Um, that needed help because their house is no longer there. It's,
0: well maybe we should tell the viewers what we're talking about. So in Fort McMurray, Alberta, I think it was just last week, yeah. that there was a huge forest fire that went through, just devastating um that community and they all had to evacuate, I don't know, within a couple of hours, I think. Yeah, it,
1: it was crazy. Some of the videos I saw online, it was literally like you're driving through hell. Like wow. you got ambers, you got the, the forest fire on the one side of the road. They're trying to go on highway, I think it's called 63, which is, I think, the only mm-hmm. main route out, and then next thing you know, the fire jumps on both sides of the road. Wow. And it some of those videos I saw were just, it was incredible.
0: Wow. Well, I think a lot of good things came out of it, just from a, human, a humanitarian standpoint. You know, like you were saying, a couple of your friends took some of the evacuees in. I mean, it's going to be months before some of those people can get back into their homes, and... Um, I know that uh, there's been a lot of donations. I think in one week they were saying $60 million people were able to raise in cash through the Red Cross, I believe.
1: That is amazing. I wish there was more people like this. And it was actually the other day I was at Customs. I was talking to a Customs officer, and uh, he told me a a nice touching story um, that he actually cleared a dog. So there was a person that had to evacuate Fort McMurray. And they came to Ontario for family or whoever mm-hmm. they were staying with, and somebody in Fort McMurray actually found their dog, and shipped it all the way to Ontario for wow. them, and paid all the charges, so they didn't have. They just had to come wow. and pick up their dog.
0: Yeah, the the um, pet side of this whole story is really quite sad because people, some people, weren't able to get back to their homes to get their pets. I mean, I know our sponsor, Ice Corp. Um, is actually putting together um, a donation donations right now of actual pet supplies um, we're, they're also going to be doing human supplies as in you know any toiletries that people oh. need and, and different things like that but they're also supporting the pets and putting together um, a slew of donations that will go to the Edmonton Humane Society to really help with the the outpouring for these animals as well.
1: So if any of you YouTube viewers uh, want to um, supply or donate some maybe collars, leashes, uh, litter boxes over 12 inches, um, w- what else would they need? Maybe food bowls?
0: Yeah, not really food, right? We can't really no, take No, the,
1: the food, we, we don't really want to take the but, perishables um, part of it. But yeah. anything, even dog crates, anything that could um, help um, maybe contain some animals or or help ship the animals so they could get to their, yeah. their families that love them. and Yeah, and so I
0: know that the sponsor, um, or Ice Corp, is going to be paying for the shipping to be able yep. to ship those supplies out to Edmonton. I know that our the Ice Corp Calgary office, they're collecting donations from all of the staff to go and buy supplies for some of the people, some of the evacuees, and um, we've been getting a list of actual things that they need. Um, so we're going to be buying those those different supplies and um, actually shipping them out to them as well. So on that note, let's hear from our sponsor.
1: Today's podcast is brought to you by IceCorp, the one source, one solution, one company for all your supply chain needs. Visit them at icecorp.ca. That's I-C-E-C-O-R-P dot C-A. And uh, along the same topic here, um, did you hear about what the bats did? Labatt's, no. What did they do? They, they are my favorite beer. I, I love. I, I shouldn't really say this, but I do love beer, and <laughs> Labatt's is one of my go-to choices. Um, but they altered their beer cans to ship water to all the people in Fort McMurray to help wow. them out instead of beer. It actually says Labatt's and then has water on it. Amazing. And there was a lot that was shipped down that yeah. way.
0: So. I mean, I really think Canada and I believe even the U.S. has come together to really help and support this community.
1: Yeah, it yeah. it is very devastating. And a lot of the people out that way, they work on the oil sands. And all that has been <laughs> basically put to a wall right now just because... Mm. They have no one to work, no one to attend. There's fires all around. They're still putting out the fires to this day.
0: Yeah, I think it's going to be quite a while before they're really able to get back into that community and not start to rebuild, but start to feel like a community again, and and our hearts go out to them, for sure. Yes, for sure. So I was, on another note, I was in Chicago, Chicago last week. Yeah, I was there for a supply chain conference. And let me tell you, that was the busiest couple of days, but it was the greatest couple of days. We did 25 meetings and two networking events in two days.
1: Wow, you were busy?
0: It was, when did you sleep? It was a whirlwind. I, you know what? I don't even know when I slept. But let me tell you, I did find time for food.
1: So. And hold on, the food out there, I, I heard really good things about the food, especially the pizza because it's not like New York style. It's a bit different. How how is it different?
0: So amazing. So the first night that we were there, you know, we had to do some networking, but then we went out for deep dish pizza because that's what I wanted. I was like, if I'm going to go to Chicago and I don't have a lot of time, I at least want to try some deep dish pizza. So we went to Lou Maltinati's.
1: Lou Maltinati's. Yeah,
0: it's a chain. We didn't get there till like 830 at night. And it was super busy. Like, there was almost not a table for us. Oh, wow. And it was on a Sunday night.
1: And and what did you have on this pizza?
0: Well, there was the Lou's original, which had spinach, uh, mushrooms. I can't remember what else, but that was delicious. And I can't remember what the other one was called, but that one had Italian sausage on it, and that was also very good. So what we did was we had one pizza between the four of us, because you can imagine with deep dish oh, oh, pizza. were yeah.
1: Filling you know, it's too, still yeah.
0: filling, right? So we had half and half, so that we were, everybody was able to try one of each. And it was amazing. I loved it. So then, during our conversations at the dinner table, they were like, well, if you're in Chicago, you need to try Italian beef from Portolino's.
1: Portolinos. That sounds delicious. And we delicious. were like,
0: Italian beef from Portolino's. So we were trying to figure out how we were going to get Portolino's and the Italian beef into our schedule before we left Chicago, and we did it. So we, had, we met somebody there who was originally from Chicago, and he had a car, and he was heading to the airport the same time as us. So he drove us to Portolino's, and we had Italian beef sandwich <laughs> and a hot dog. And it was amazing. Oh,
1: and I heard about those Chicago hot dogs. They oh, they have um a special type of hot dog or something no that they idea. use in the stadiums as well.
0: I have no idea. Uh, I know
1: they're known for but the hot it dogs. It
0: was amazing. It like both the hot dog and the Italian uh, beef was so good. It was and the bread like melts in your mouth and anyways, I'm probably getting you all hungry right now.
1: I I am I had to talk get about the really Chicago
0: hungry. because it was just, it was an amazing trip. The conference was really good, but the food. If you're going to Chicago, Lou Malt- Maltinati's and Portolino's for Italian beef. See,
1: when I'm with my boys, we always call pizza za. So would you call that like deep dish za? I have
0: no idea. Uh,
1: I, well, actually, curious. I
0: don't think you can really change the name. Like, they really like to be known for the deep dish <laughs> pizza. So I don't know if you can actually change the name. They might get kind of mad at you. So today we spoke to Andrea Stroud from APQC about the research that they've done on making millennials part of the team, and especially the supply chain team. I mean, you, Nick, as a millennial, what did you think about the conversation? I thought that she covered all aspects, and uh, I think that our viewers are really gonna enjoy this
1: one. Uh, She definitely did cover everything that I had questions to or wasn't sure about. Um, Also, congratulations, Nick, you are a millennial. Um, That is a good note. I also learned some stuff and more understanding of my own thought process of how I come to work and want to know everything. Where a lot of some of the people I work with, I shouldn't say a lot, but some of the people I work with, they're old school. they're, They're set in their ways. They only want that little piece of the pie where I'm a greedy guy and I like the whole pie. Lemon Rang is my favorite.
0: <laughs> so you want to learn more. I, you want to learn everything that you can about the company I, that you're working yeah, for.
1: Yeah, I, I always want to do this just because if somebody's not here and you need to cover, I want to know a bit about everything. I don't want to be a master at anything. I want to be knowledgeable about everything.
0: That's that's a great point. I mean, Andrea really covered all aspects, and that is a really big part of the millennial culture, is wanting to move laterally. They, they want to know everything that they can about the organization. They want to absorb as much knowledge as possible. So on that note, we really, really think that you're going to enjoy this episode with Andrea. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Two Babes Talk Supply Chain. We're here with Andrea Stroud from APQC. Andrea Stroud is the Research Program Manager for APQC's Supply Chain Management and Product Development Research. In her role, she focuses on uncovering and sharing supply chain management and product development benchmarks and best practices. Since joining APQC in 2013, Andrea has conducted research projects in some of the following topic areas – Talent Management in the Supply Chain supplier collaboration, top performers in procurement, improving procure-to-pay processes, as well as managing IT risk in the supply chain. She has served as a media source for Supply and Demand Chain Executive, Supply Chain Brain, Kinaxis Supply Chain Expert Community, My Purchasing Center, and Supply Chain Ops. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you for being with us today.
2: Thank you for having me. I'm glad to have the conversation with you.
0: Yeah, so today we're talking about making millennials part of the team, and I actually met Andrea back in the fall um, when she was doing a presentation about this very subject, so we're really excited to have you on the show, and we're really excited to get started on the conversation.
1: Yeah, and know what? I found out two weeks ago that I might be a millennial. For the whole 31 years I was born in 84, I was always told I was Generation X, so when is when do these millennials start? Like, what, when is the, the age group or the age range for millennials? Because I always assumed I was Generation X.
2: Well, you are, actually. So the, the ages actually do vary based on the research um, that you're looking at. Some of them actually start in 1982, and some of them actually start in 1980. So the range typically goes from 1980 to 2000 um, but I've also seen research where it goes from 1980 to 1995. But the, the the standard, and most people follow the 1980 to 2000, so you are definitely a millennial. I'm You're a millennial!
0: <laughs> so tell us a little bit about your research about millennials and making them a part of the supply chain team. Why did you start the research? How did you get into it? What did you uncover while you were doing your research?
2: So. Um, well, the topic of, of attracting talent in the supply chain was of great interest to me, looking at organizations, how they set up talent management programs, how they actually get people interested. And along the way, we started talking to more and more millennials who were actually going into the supply chain field um, and having interesting conversations, like what motivated them to go into it. Um, and then I guess the other thing, too, so I actually have a, a marketing person who has a supply chain management degree, And I asked her when I first came board, I said, why are you not working in supply chain? What made you go into marketing? And she says, what better person to market supply chain management research than someone who has some knowledge about supply chain management? Mm. So I think it was really interesting to kind of see how um, supply chain professionals were really to apply what they had learned either in their field or even in other fields to to really um, advance supply chain and and take it to another level. so I, I had a great interest in that, and I said, let's, let's do some research on it. So before I even began kind of talking to a lot of the millennials, I actually started out by actually reaching out to organizations and just seeing what organizations were doing. So what it is that they were looking for uh, in a supply chain for professional, where the skills gaps were, um, and that was our first study. So we did that study back in 2014 on recruiting and developing talent in the supply chain. Okay. And then just this past year, we did one on attracting talent, which brought in a lot more of the conversations with the millennials and other supply chain professionals as well.
0: Yeah, because supply chain has really developed into this, like, really big component for companies, um, for, for a lot of the companies that are out there. And I really think that it's important for them to find the right people. And I think they're also finding that in millennials, I think it's a delicate balance between the the technology as well as the skill and the knowledge and I, I I'm curious to see are they are they looking for skill first? Are they looking for, you know, supply chain knowledge first? What is it that they're actually looking for?
2: Um so in our research, one of the things we kind of found out, so it's a, it's a balance. It's a balance of that skill piece, the soft skills both and the technical skills. Um, so, for technical, for example, we saw that they were really looking at, you know, oh, um, procurement, inventory management, supply management. Mm-hmm. Those were the things that they actually saw the candidates were most prepared for. But when they were asked, you know, what is it, what is it that the supply chain professionals are missing? The millennials are missing when they come in, and it was really the financial piece, the international experience piece. Okay. Yeah. Um, as well as the kind of that research, having a lot of research, a strong research background piece, um, but the soft skills. Um, and, and those are things that a lot of organizations kind of help train millennials on through a mentoring process. Um, a lot of millennials don't come in with that. They, they come in with a lot of um, technology experience they've learned from their universities. Mm-hmm. They come in, and you mentioned technology, and that's such a big piece, and I'm going to talk about that a little, a little further, but um, the technology is big. Something as simple as using Excel was really big. Using uh, uh, software like SPSS, SAS, all our different mm-hmm. statistical uh, analysis tools was really important because organizations are really making this movement to, to big data and analytics and, yes. and Internet of Things and Um, They're looking for a millennial who has a hybrid of skills. You can't really just be good at one thing anymore. You have to have a balance. You have to have that technical skill, the soft skill. Um, You have to be adaptable because we all know that uh, the supply chains change every day. It's constant change. The average uh, millennial or or any supply chain uh, graduate coming out, the technology they learn is already headed towards being obsolete when right. they graduate, um, because new technology is being developed every day.
0: Wow. Um, yeah. Scary, eh? Really scary. It, it, it,
2: it, it's scary, but it's exciting. And so mm-hmm. I think what we're also seeing is, like, millennials have, they come with this, uh, they want to be engaging with the leadership at the companies that they come into, so they don't want to be just talk that and just, just give facts to them, but they really want to be a part of the change that's happening within supply chain the improvements that are happening in organizations um one of the things we hear every day is you know i really want to learn as much as i can every so every millennial that i've spoken to who who are supply chain professionals said that i want to go into an organization i want to learn everything i can because even they felt that the business piece knowing that having that business knowledge was something that they were missing Mm -hmm. um but if they can take what they already you know, the technical and the, the, the analysis skills that they've learned, and then they can actually learn the business skills that you have a rock star on your hands at an organization. You, when you have someone that's innovative and they are ready to come into your organization, hit the ground running, and all you have to do is just, you know, mentor them and, and collaborate with them, that's what they're really looking for, that collaborative environment.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. The other things. Sorry, go, go ahead. ahead. No, well, it's interesting because I was, I was reading something about how they would rather move laterally than actually um, vertically. You know, vertically in the organization. Because you're right, they want to learn as, and absorb as much information as they possibly can. They want to be in the different departments because they don't feel like they can really help or, or make enough of a difference without knowing each component
2: no absolutely and there's no fast track um to leadership roles and management um in supply chain you really in order to, to to be an effective leader you really have to understand the different areas within supply chain understand how they work together um you have to break down silos and communicate between those different groups um right. you know and, and not just with the, the supply chain but for one of the things that we've seen, for example, with procure-to-pay is you will often see um, either it be supply chain management uh, millennials coming in or even finance millennials coming into work in procurement, and what they're able to do is break down these silos that exist between the procurement group and accounts payable um, because, one, they're going to be their communicators, and they are going to want to communicate and see how processes can be improved, so they're going to be talking back and forth, and that's a key, key point um, for integrating millennials into the organization is really that collaboration and communication piece. Um, yeah. But really, the, the procure to pay is, is, is one we see, see with that. In manufacturing, we often see millennials kind of come in and uh, with engineering degrees, and they are really innovative, and you also have to give them room to innovate, give them that time to innovate. Um, But these are some of the things that we've been seeing with some of the millennials in the supply chain area.
0: Yeah, and supply chain is such a broad topic. We were talking about that in our last podcast, you know, the difference between supply chain and logistics. Supply chain, you know, end-to-end supply chain, there's so many different moving parts, and there's so many things that millennials can get involved with that they can really learn about and really figure out, it's almost like a doctor, figure out which is their niche and, and which one they really want to be a part of.
2: Absolutely, and I mean that goes back to what we were talking about earlier. Working in the different areas um, really kind of helps uh, millennials and just supply chain professionals in general really figure out where, what areas they really want to work in, where their strengths really lie, and, and where they need additional development. Um, it's really important for organizations to really be working with new supply chain professionals coming in so that they can really see, you know, what is it that I hope to achieve within this. Year, five year, ten years at the organization. Um, what do I hope to achieve? What do I need development on? So, organizations should definitely be having development plans, mm-hmm. um, involving them in some of the succession planning of, of uh, retirees, people who are about to retire, um, because there's a lot that can be learned and a lot that can be shared. Um, and part of that, too, is making sure that the organizations have, like, an effective knowledge management program where they are actually collecting and identifying information and finding ways to really get that out to the millennials coming in. You know, don't hoard the information at your organization because millennials can take some of the information that you're sharing and they can really run with it and, and take it to another level and develop it further. It's, it's not something that just should, should sit and hide in, in, in a folder somewhere. It's something that they should really be looking at and thinking through and, and working on critical banking to, to to do more things and to be innovative.
0: That's a great point. Now, we just did actually a blog um, around supply chain and designations and different things like that. Where are you seeing the millennials coming out of um, from an education standpoint and going into the workforce um, for for supply chain? Like, where where are you seeing most of them coming out of?
2: Do you mean in terms of universities or do you mean in terms of what...
0: Yeah, maybe programs, designations, maybe programs, designations, universities. Like for the for the for the corporations that are looking for those millennials with some of those skills, where would they go to look for those millennials?
2: So, uh, one of the things that a lot of organizations are doing, um, well, we're seeing supply chain programs pop up everywhere. Right. Um, Places like Texas AM, U of H has supply chain programs, um, TCU, Michigan. Uh, you're seeing them everywhere popping up. Um, but a lot of them are going to a recruiting events to get millennials. A lot of them are um, connecting not necessarily just with supply chain management programs, but they're also looking at engineering programs because you can really? surprise it how important it is to have engineering involved. Not just in the manufacturing space, but I actually had a call with a tech company the other day, and they were talking about uh, their procurement group and how they were bringing in more engineers to actually work in procurement because they already had more of a knowledge about some of the products that were being procured, and, and they were able to do better negotiations for that. So it goes back to kind of having that hybrid of, of skills that people are looking for. Supply chain is really important and degrees are really important. But I think even within those programs, you're seeing a lot of universities are encouraging people to, to study even, even beyond what typically is thought of in, the, in transportation and warehousing and, and procurement. But, again, looking at some of the finance pieces of things. Um, even language skills are important in some cases of right. uh, supply yeah. chain because supply chain is
0: international, global. Yeah,
2: not just in the U.S. It's not just uh, in, 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 in certain parts of Europe. It's all over. Um, I think the the other thing too, yeah, um, it, it's it's very that international piece is really important. And, and a lot of com- or organizations are working with universities for internship programs, um, not just. Uh, within their home country, but internship uh, programs that are offered um, all around the world. And some of those are involve uh, rotational programs. A lot of companies have rotational programs when, when millennials and new hires come in so that they are actually spending time not just in di- different areas of supply chain, but also in different areas that are in different places of the world to really give them that international experience and, and really help them understand the global importance of supply chain and, and how uh, different different things are done in different ways in different parts of the world. So they really get an understanding of that.
0: Great. So um, what are what are some key points and key highlights that uh, we really want to let corporations and uh, millennials know before we get wrapped up here?
2: All right. So I have a few things. Um, the first is the, the companies we survey. About 50% of them actually have a formal talent management program. Um, and that's going to be key because that really goes back to the talent development, the session planning, um, having programs that are going to support that work-life balance. Right. Um, all of those things are considered um, in a formal talent management program. One of the other things that we really didn't talk about that companies really need to consider too, and that's that kind of goes with the talent management program, is thinking about things of like flexibility because millennials are really looking for flexibility. Things like telecommuting opportunities, flex schedules uh, when possible. Uh, even kind of yes. the, 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 the recognition piece, um, recognition of, and rewards for, for, for work done. Um, those are all things that should be considered. Um, one thing I want to point out that's key for uh, companies also is the collaboration piece. Um, I think people have to come together with the idea that they're bringing different skills and experiences to the table. And you have to be open minded, and millennials have to be willing to learn from the people at different organizations that leadership. Yep. But leadership also has to be pretty open-minded about learning things from the millennials, too, because they have a lot to offer. There has to be that back-and-forth communication. There has to be that mentoring that's taking place, because while leadership and and, and experts in the supply chain field can can mentor millennials, there's a lot millennials can actually mentor some of the experts, especially when it comes to a lot of the technology. So I think that's really important and vital for organizations to remember. Um, I think something else that organizations should consider is that um, they need to be doing more working with universities um, to help them with the curriculum that's taking place because supply chain, as I mentioned earlier, is changing. There are things mm-hmm. like the, the big data, the analytics, Internet of Things. I just went to a conference last month on this, and organizations are really thinking about where to go next and, and really um, what they should, should be doing to, to uh, prepare prepare the millennials for, for these changes that are mm-hmm. happening in supply chain. As the supply chain becomes more automated and digitized, you need millennials in there and, and new supply chain professionals who have that technology background, who know how to use the software, who can help design some of the software, who, yeah. who know how to procure these things. Um, all of these things are really important uh, in the supply chain, and I think you're going to see the skills continue to develop amongst millennials.
0: Yeah, well, those are really great points. And I know that uh, you and I are talking about uh, you coming back as a guest in the fall to talk about the big data, big data and analytics, because I think that is a huge component of supply chain and really coming down the pipeline that a lot of corporations are going to need to know about. So I think what we'll do is we'll get into the, uh, the four top questions that we're asking some of uh, our guests that come on the podcast. And uh, so if you're ready for those... Um, where do you see supply chain in the next five to ten years? What do you what do you see as challenges? What do you see as as exciting new things?
2: So, and and I know I, I mentioned this, but I really feel like the big data and analytics piece, as well as the Internet of Things, mm-hmm. this is something that a lot of supply chains are just starting to think about. Uh, um, a lot of them haven't necessarily implemented some of those things. Um, there's so much data coming in they don't know how to filter through it they don't know Mm -hmm. uh what's important they've collected tons of data but they before collecting all that data they didn't really decide if that was the data they really needed to help them make their business decisions yeah so again i think it goes back to um you're going to see more for example millennials coming in that are going to have that background and that are going to continue to help uh, get information that's going to allow them to to collect customer insights to make business decisions in the supply chain I think you're going to see it go, again, more technology, more data.
0: Okay, that's great. I, I would tend to agree with you. There's a lot of data coming into corporations and, and companies, and I just I just don't think they know what to do with it majority of the time. They don't. So um, what are the biggest changes that you've seen in the last 10 years of supply chain? So one uh,
2: of the changes is we've seen more supply chain uh Universities popping up. Um,
0: okay. Yeah. More, Good more point. people
2: going into the supply chain field. Most, More specifically because um, you have these baby boomers that are retiring. So we've been seeing a, a retirement boom. And you have more people that actually know what supply chain is. There's so many people that didn't know what supply chain is. Every day I'm asked, what is supply chain? <laughs> um, you know, what are the different aspects of it? And, no, it's, it's true. And, and, and I think... You're yeah. Going to see more people that know what it is. More people that want to go into the field because. More. I think you're also going to see a lot more females in the supply chain. Um, I went to an oil and gas supply chain conference just a, a month ago, and um, some of the ladies there we, we were discussing how so many more females were coming into the to the field. Yeah. And they were, you know, uh, learning uh, how to work in in a, in a field that's been male dominated, um, and 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 really using the skills that they've learned. Some of them don't have supply chain degrees, they have degrees in other areas, but really thinking about how they're applying what they've learned in, in other areas of study to the supply chain to really advance it and, and make it more innovative. So really excited to see that. But. Um see that and I think we're going to see more of that as time goes on and of course we're going to see more technology more
0: technology (laughs) yeah I love the point about more women I mean uh being in the logistics end there it's very male dominated and it's really nice to see a lot more women coming into the logistics part of the supply chain um and getting more involved and getting out there and really learning about the industry so so I really like that one so um I guess we've really covered this in, in our talk today, but what do companies look for in supply chain talent, specifically? Like if there's so maybe like they, the top, maybe give me top three things that, they're, that companies are usually looking for in supply chain talent.
2: So they're looking for adaptability.
0: Good point, yeah. So
2: supply chain professionals absolutely have to be adaptable mm-hmm. because supply chains are constantly changing. They're also looking for that comfort in, in, in technology, because with those changes in technology being implemented, that's pretty essential for them. But I think the other piece really goes to those the soft skills that, that organizations are looking for. So kind of the, the customer focus, the problem solving, the business ethics, that sort of thing, they're really looking
0: for those. That's great. I think I think our viewers are really going to take a lot from this. Thank you so much, Andrea? Um, This has been a great subject. I think everybody's talking about it. You know, millennials in in supply chain talent, supply chain talent in general. I just I think this is a really big topic, and we really appreciate appreciate you being on today. Um, lots of great insights. I think our viewers are going to take a lot from from this uh, from this podcast, and uh, you and I are going to get together and talk about uh, coming back to talk about big data anal- and analytics because I think that that's going to be huge, and I think it's something that companies and corporations really need to get their head around um, and really streamline the data and all that information that's coming to them so I look forward to that
2: conversation today you know you can always talk to me about millennials in the supply chain is one of my favorite topics to, to discuss and one of my favorite research areas also um, because we're seeing that constant, constant interest from organizations to really figure out how to bring talent, how to keep them um, and, and really get talent once they're in there really motivated to stay and and, and, and
0: be innovative. Yeah, we love it. I get, your passion comes through on uh, Skype and we hope that it comes comes through for our viewers as well because uh, it's a great subject and you guys have done some really good research on it. So thank you again for being here with us today um, and we look forward to having you back in the fall. Yes. Alright, thank you. I
2: look forward to speaking with you all again.
0: Just want to say a big thank you to Andrea Stroud from APQC um, coming onto the show today and giving us all the information about millennials, uh, making millennials part of your supply chain team. So join us on our next episode where we interview Steve Robinson from Robinson Distribution, where we're going to be talking about the Internet of Things and how it affects supply chain management.
1: Yes, Sarah. So I forgot about the acronym of the day. So the acronym of the day today is going to be IOR which means importer of record. Remember, folks, if you have any questions or would like help on any action of you'd like to know, you can email us at listener at 2 com. And also, remember, Shift Happens.